everybody, welcome to the show. Brought to you by AgorasNexus.com, premier sponsor of the Use Guys in that podcast. Please also don't forget about my dear friend Bobby and Fairly Decent Golf. Um, he's on TikTok and he's on Insta. Check out his stuff. Uh, also, he's carrying our merch. Uh, Bobby's a good friend of mine, good friend of the show, uh, friend of the family. We love you, Bobby, and keep up the great work. Keep growing that brand, and we appreciate him. And if you would like to throw your support his way, that would be great, too. So uh, a couple things here. First thing I want to get started with, uh, we had talked about this previously. There's been a lot of gloat on the family Facebook um, with regard to issue one here in the Buckeye State. A lot of people supporting voting down issue one. Turned out that more money was thrown at both sides of the issue by outside actors than people in the state of Ohio, which tell you everything that you need to know, truly, if we're looking at it that way. Uh, issue one went down in flames. Um, the proposition was to make it harder for the uh, state constitution to be altered. People said no, it's 51%. That's where we're keeping it. So they won. So we're going to go over that a little bit real, real quick here. My rule wins the day. Always, always. Ohio voters on Tuesday rejected Republican-backed measure that would have made it harder to amend the state constitution, an initiative aimed at lowering the chances of passage for a November referendum that would protect abortion access statewide. We're still doing this. <laughs> We're still having this conversation. The results in the special election were a crucial victory for abortion rights advocates who would have faced the daunting prospect of securing a supermajority of voters this fall if the measure had passed, the proposal known as Issue 1 would have lifted the threshold for passing future changes to the state constitution to 60% of voters up from 50%, as well as imposing more stringent standards for getting such measures on the ballot in the first place. With more than 1.2 million votes counted, 60% of Ohioans had voted no, compared to 40% who voted yes, according to the Ohio Secretary of State's orifice. That margin was enough for Decision Desk HQ and Associated Press to call the race. The election was the latest statewide battle over abortion more than a year after the U.S. Supreme Court eliminated a nationwide right. Advocacy groups on both sides of the abortion issue spent millions of dollars ahead of Tuesday's vote. Ballot initiatives have become powerful tools for abortion right activists in states where abortion opponents, usually Republicans, control the legislature or hold the governor's orifice. Voters in Kansas and Kentuckistania, both solidly conservative states, rejected measures last year that have would declared that their state constitutions do not protect abortion rights. On Tuesday, abortion rights groups in Arizona, a key presidential swing state, launched an effort to put the issue before voters in November 2024. Ohio Republican Governor Mike DeSwine signed a six-week abor six abortion ban into law in 2019, which went into effect following the Supreme Court's decision. The ban was put on hold September after legal challenge from abortion clinics. The Ohio Supreme Court has agreed to decide the case. Some groups opposed to Tuesday's ballot question had question had emphasized that the referendum went beyond abortion, argued simply undemocratic to curb citizens' power. This is much larger than one issue. It's much larger than one party or one election, said Jen Miller, the executive director, of the League of Women Voters of Ohio. This is about a freedom that Ohioans have had for more than a century. For instance, good government groups are working on a ballot question for 2024 that would amend the Constitution to prevent gerrymandering, the process by which one party manipulates district lines to entrench power. If Tuesday's referendum had succeeded, getting the issue on the ballot would have been far more challenging. 
Last year, Ohio Republicans drew sharply partisan state legislative and congressional maps, defied court orders to revamp them. November's elections were held using maps that had been ruled unconstitutional. Abortion right opponents called November referendum extreme, claiming its vague language would allow minors to get abortions and gender-affirming surgery without parental consent. Supporters note the amendment makes no mention of gender-affirming treatment or parental consent. Tuesday's election drew millions or millions in outside spending, including from so-called dark money groups. They're not required to close their donor, disclose their donors. Illinois Republican mega-donor Richard Ulian donated at least $4 million to the pro-issue one campaign, according to campaign filings. Other groups supporting Tuesday's referendum collected funds from Susan B. Anthony Pro-Life America, the Concord Fund, conservative dark money group. Anti-issue one sides uh, got support from the Tides Foundation, a California-based social justice organization, and the 1630 Fund, a liberal dark money group. So there you have it. Um, I'm not surprised. People are fucking desperate, and they'll do anything to to get you know their way. And I'm not surprised it was heavily funded on both sides. Um, I think that you know it's kind of unfortunate that this has only come out to play as a result of the Supreme Court saying it's up to the states or whatever like the government's not going to be involved in like what people are doing with their body which i think is a a step in the right direction but at the same time you got these people that are in these states that have a way of thinking that you know people can't do anything that they want to do and they want to you know ban hammer everything and sometimes people need to be able to choose for whatever reason and not just for abortion Mm -hmm. people got the right to fucking make their own decisions and if they want to have an abortion or if they want to have a fucking submachine gun or if they want to own a fucking airplane they should be allowed to do whatever they want people should be allowed to do whatever they want like i just i don't you know what i mean like causing no harm of course to other people that goes without you saying. know um one of those things does cause harm to somebody i'm sure but like you know it's a woman's right to choose so if if you so choose to murder your baby before it's born that's up to you like because that's what you're doing you know just putting it out there i've never like, had, I've, <laughs> I've never had a female who was pregnant ask me what my opinion is if she should terminate the pregnancy or care you know what yeah, i'm saying it's nobody's business like and i would never interject to be like you know what people shouldn't bro. fucking go around talking about that shit either like if you have if you choose to murder your unborn child that's your choice and don't fucking tell people about it nobody wants to know about your fucking abortion dude like nobody wants to hear about it go talk go get counseling because that's what you need after that right go i was gonna to say the, the people that are loud and proud about it like you're fucking disgusting yeah like i do you know (laughs) i can't condone murdering a baby like because that's what you're doing like you use the term fetus or whatever people like to use words and terms uh well it was a planned pregnancy and a plan to have this baby so like if uh somebody murders a woman who's pregnant Mm. they get charged Mm -hmm. with murdering the mother and the child correct because the child was meant to be born but that same woman 
can choose to murder her own child inside of her body within that same time frame and is not considered a murder. Uh, wrap your head around that one. Oh, it's because she chose that she wanted to have the baby. So it's considered that it's a life. Like, what the fuck are we talking about here? Like, splitting hairs, whatever. Like, you make your decision. They, they want their cake and they want to eat it too. Right. Like, and I'm not I saying. Mean, yeah, yeah. I've always know. been of the opinion that, like, yeah, the government shouldn't be interfering and making laws about what somebody does with your body. But let's all be honest about it. And if you want to have an abortion, you're murdering a child. And let's just call it that. Let's just call it child yeah. murder. And, I mean, and you, know, you want to make child murder legal. I mean, whatever. That's fine. Like, that's your decision. You know, if that's if, yeah. if if you're like, OK, well, I'm perfectly fine with murdering a child that's grown inside me um, within three months or less or whatever. <laughs> you know, whenever people have abortions, OK, I've been on birth control pill pills like half of my life since I was fucking, you know, 14, 15 years old. And, you know, I'm 38. So I've been you know making sure i don't have to make those fucking decisions i've been making an active choice to protect myself when i have sexual intercourse with my partner so that i don't get pregnant with you know a baby because i don't want a fucking baby and i don't want to have to murder a baby so i make sure that those things don't happen to me she, i mean she's, ta she's taking that d responsibly <laughs> seriously <laughs> like i i cannot be dealing with car seats I cannot be dealing with that shit. It's too complicated. It's too much. I don't have the patience. I make sure that I don't get knocked up. It's really not that fucking hard. If you actively try not to get knocked up, guess what? You don't get knocked up. Period. There oh, are multiple forms of contraception. Yeah. 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 Oh, well, there was an accident. Were you taking the birth control pill? No, uh, uh, I was using this condom and it broke. Well, you're a fucking idiot. There's a pill. You you know, you can get a shot that lasts for three goddamn months. There's no excuse. Like, get your ass out there and protect yourself and don't kill babies. You don't have to kill a baby. The other thing, too, is that Planned Parenthood gets maligned, and I think unfairly, for being like this mass murdering death factory. They do provide free birth control mm -hmm, they do. to the community. If you don't have insurance and can't pay, you can go in there and get a free exam and a lot of people, a lot of working class people, a lot of people who are on the lower end mm -hmm. of the socioeconomic uh, ladder. I used them for very many years. Um, you know, when I was an adult and living out on my own, I was no longer at my parents' house. Like, I went to Planned Parenthood and I got birth control pills for free. And there you I, go. you know. Yeah, it's, and again, I, I'm, I think Christopher, when, when he and I first became friends, we had talked about this. We both agreed. And he put it, this is the best I've ever heard. You can't legislate morality. You just can't do that. It's just not, nope. it's just something we can't do. And the thing is, is you can have strong feelings. And this is the, the same argument. And we've made this conversation happen several times on this show. It's the same thing with guns. You can have your opinion on what you think I should and should not be able to own. You have a right to think and feel. And if you don't want that in your house, you shouldn't have it there. You shouldn't own one. But you don't get to tell me what I need to be doing, how many rounds I should have to defend myself and my family. Guess what? We could both play this. You could think mm -hmm. that they're instruments of death. And you know what? You're right. They are. They are. The only time they're going to hurt somebody is if they come to hurt me. Right? Exactly. Exactly. They're not a threat to you because you're and not if trying somebody, to hurt If somebody comes to my house with like a Bursa 380 
why shouldn't I be able to defend my house with a belt fed fucking M60? <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Right. I mean, like I said, like people should be allowed to like do, you know, what they want within, you know, within the reasons of like, please don't actively try to harm somebody like. And we can't always factor that in because human beings are going to be human beings and there's it's never going. That's the thing with people, proponents of more government and government control versus people who want fewer regulations will always make that case. Well, what about this? What about that? Okay, but you're describing the system now. You're describing the system now (laughs) as it exists, which means that it's imperfect in your current experiment, which means that it would be imperfect in my proposed experiment. So what are we talking about here? And again, gun control harms minorities, Gun control harms women. Gun control harms smaller and weaker individuals. Okay, it's much harder to oppress and harm an armed minority every single time. Right. All, so, gun, all gun control laws are racist. A hundred percent. One hundred percent. The first gun control laws that were passed in the thirteen colonies were designed to keep free black people from owning firearms. Maj Touré talked about this. He's excellent when it comes to describing the history of gun control and its racist origins. So which side of the ball are we on here? You know what I mean? Like I, I've heard this argument before. My favorite one is that, you know, well, even if the Jews had guns in Nazi Germany or in Poland or in Soviet Ukraine or whatever, they, there wouldn't have been enough weapons and ammunition to, to fight back against the third Reich. And that's not the argument. The argument is if the weapon is in the home, the Gestapo agent or whoever's going there now has to put into the calculus. Some of us might die if we pull this shit off. Right. Mm-hmm. That's the calculus. They, because they, they have to figure out where they land on the fuck around and find out chart. That's right. That's right. It's this, it, it, it's no different than, than if it happened here and we were all disarmed and like, you know, to say there's no threat. There's no, uh, we know that it's an easy kill because they can't fight back because we have guns now get in the box car yep yep get in the yeah dig the hole (laughs) you know what i mean so yeah i I think that this argument is so tired and i understand both sides of 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 the discussion but what i don't understand is like okay you don't want person a to have an abortion are you going to adopt the child and pay for everything health insurance all that probably not well, don't, don't tell this person because there's a lot of people out there who shouldn't be fucking parents and have kids right now that they should not be parents. OK, end of discussion. Everybody that's hearing this knows at least two people who are parents who should have never had fucking kids. OK, that's it. All right. So unless you're willing to line up and adopt these children and give them good lives, shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. I, I agree enough i agree i think you know people should do better like you know the end also if you have insurance like birth control pills are free through your your health insurance like i don't know if you have health insurance but if you let's say for instance um are are even on like government assistance like if you don't have like if you're not working and you don't have like work work health insurance and Mm. you're on government assistance i know you have insurance through that and it, if you go to the doctor, they will write you a prescription for birth control pills 
and you can get them at your pharmacy for free like it's like there's no cost out of pocket for birth control pills anymore years ago like when i first started taking birth control pills i had to pay a copay of 15 dollars and then 25 dollars. Mm. well like i did and my mom did because you know i was on her insurance plan and then like as i got older like you know three four years later i was working and had my own you know job and my own health insurance there was like a 15 or 25 dollar copay and then you know as time went on like you i guess like within the recent past like three years or so they changed it it could even be five i don't really remember um they changed it to where like there is no copay and you you know it gets through your insurance but you don't have to pay a copay like it's just you know it's free or whatever through your insurance right on and hey listen if you have free resources out there there's plenty of ways to prevent this from happening and that's all that's that's it we're going to move on with our lives angel the next thing i want you to bring up for those of you who are not watching this on BitChute, um i recommend googling or at least clicking on the link that we're going to provide in the show notes on the regular podcast feed uh bring up senator diane feinstein for us please I want so those of you to take a look at the face of this senator. Um, Christopher and I have been making jokes. They're not as funny as they used to be. Go ahead and scroll down a little bit. That is a 90-year-old lawmaker. Look at her fucking eye. She looks, Christopher and I said it, she looks like Emperor Palpatine. I don't, she looks like something. Like, definitely Emperor Palpatine, but man, like, that is not a good look. Like, I would just, you know, <laughs> I don't know about being in the public eye looking like that at that age. Like, you know, she, that eye is not right. Like, her shit is fucked up. Listen to this. It takes TMZ to break this, by the way, which is amazing. Well, I'm glad they did. Senator Dianne Feinstein was at the hospital TMZ had, has learned after tripping and falling Tuesday in her home in the city of San Francisco. We do not know how serious her injuries are only that she was taken to a nearby hospital. We we're told she returned home Tuesday night. The 90-year-old senator has struggled with health issues over the last year. She was absent from the Senate for nearly three months earlier this year, dealing with shingles, Ramsey-Hunt syndrome, and encephalitis. She also appeared confused, telling a reporter upon her return that she wasn't absent at all. She also appeared confused at a recent Senate hearing where one of her aides whispered into her ear, just say I. There have been quiet talks among Democrats and louder talks about Republicans for her to step down. No word back from the office after reaching out for comment. These are your rulers. Frozen Mitch McConnell and Senator Palpatine Mm -hmm. of California. 90 years old. She doesn't remember being absent. She has to be told to vote aye by an aide. These these are the people in charge. Can we play this? Yeah, go ahead, play. How you're feeling since you've oh, returned? I'm feeling fine. Yeah. I have a problem with the leg. The leg? Like, yes. What's wrong with it? Well, nothing. Nothing? It's anyone's concern. Okay. But mine. Um, what has the response from your colleagues been like? What have the well wishes? What have you heard? What have I heard about what? About your return. How have they felt about your no, return? No, I haven't been gone. Okay. Um, you should follow them. I haven't been gone. I've been working. You've been working from home is what you're saying? No, I've been here. Oh. Um, 
I've been voting. Yes. Please, either know or don't know. Um, what do you say to uh, Californians like Rokano who say you should resign? That's the end of that. Okay, next thing is her being told to say I. Go ahead. It funds priorities submitted. Yeah, just say I. Okay, just I. Thank you. Unfucking believable that this is going on I, I take it back it's fully believable would you um go ahead and stop this uh share real quick i want to show mm-hmm. you something that christopher found that's really delightful um we're going to enjoy this real quickly so the jokes that we have made um have come at senator feinstein's expense that mm-hmm. is the emperor palpatine herself in the cloak i love it as <laughs> a recent jedi attempt on her life has left her scarred and deformed but my resolve (laughs) like look at like this is this is an indictment and all of you that want to preach about democracy like the people of california keep sending this old bag of dust to washington dc to rule over you really i'm I'm sorry but like the voting populace in california and and i can say this because we're not putting this video on youtube they're fucking retarded Every every last one of you that keep voting this old decrepit fucking crypt keeper into fucking you're fucking retarded. Amen to that. Like absolutely, like you you there's something you have an extra chromosome or something. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know what it is because I don't like you're so fucking retarded to keep voting. Like like for real, who looks at her with that fucking? nasty fucking lurid looking fucking eye and says you know what she won my vote mm-hmm. get the fuck out of here get out of here. <laughs> here with that stupid shit it's ridiculous yeah as you could tell we're not fans um no no not fans at all now here's the <laughs> here's some breaking news the least to say the least we, we don't support senator Palpatine and her bitch. Fucking Diane Palpatine. (laughs) Darth Feinstein. Oh my God. (laughs) Yes. Let the hatred flow through you. Dude, she's fucking working Eric Swallows well. Like that's her Sith apprentice. Yeah. Let the Chinese whore fuck you. You know what I mean? Oh my God. So that's, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yes, fuck that Chinese spy. <laughs> <laughs> fang Fang, hey. <laughs> With a wife and kid at home. Nice job, Eric. Way to go. Um, so, yeah, so this is just more uh, more of the same. I bring you more of the same. Uh, we bring you more of the same. Uh, it's just ridiculous. Now, this I just got from Atlas News. Now, I know the story broke not too long ago, three hours ago. Craig Robertson of Provo, Utah, was shot and killed today as FBI agents attempted to serve an arrest and search warrant in connection to threats he made online against President Biden ahead of his visit to the state. Officials told ABC that authorities were first made aware of Robertson in April over repeated threats posted on Facebook against Biden, other government officials, and federal agents. Earlier this week, Robinson posted that he was, quote, digging out my old ghillie suit and cleaning the dust off my M24 sniper rifle, end quote, ahead of Biden's visit on Wednesday. He later posted that, 
quote, perhaps Utah will become famous this week as the place as the place a sniper took out Biden, the Marxist, end quote. The FBI deemed the threats as credible and charged Robertson with making threats against the president and law enforcement officers. The arrest warrant was executed this morning around 6 a.m. local time. And so far, the FBI has not released any information about what led up to the shooting. So when a threat like that is made against the Easter Bunny's best pal, they're quick to kill the threat. When a school shooter posts video after video of I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, and uh, has the cops called on them for being an asshole, there's no, we don't have any response to that whatsoever. No, no response whatsoever. Um, so you're the priority. I mean, even, even if you're the Uvalde police while the shooting's going on, you don't even go in there. That's correct. Like, this clearly isn't safe for us. <laughs> yeah, it's a dangerous area. It's dangerous. <laughs> I'm not obligated to protect these kids. Fuck these kids. <laughs> Fuck these kids. Oh, I'll, wait, I'll wait till he's out of ammo, and then we'll go in there and peg his ass. Exactly. That's exactly right. So there's that. Now, here's the other thing. Now, we've talked about this individual before on the show, and this is, I'm learning this uh, today, um, recently. So Steven Crowder, who now is on Rumble, this motherfucker is as bad as it gets. And we've been telling you for a little while that there's something up with him. If you recall the video that we played, his soon-to-be ex-wife talking to her like she's some kind of fucking uh, servant to him and not mm-hmm. caring about her personal well-being or of his he, unborn child. Yeah, because he's a piece of shit. Gets better. Steven Crowder sent draconian non-disclosure agreements to his staff with a $100,000 breach of contract penalty after Mediate reported on allegations of workplace misconduct at the right-wing commentators <laughs> Rumble show five current and former staffers said. Mm-hmm. Last month, Mediate reported on allegations of bullying, inappropriate drug use, and lewd sexual war- workplace misconduct at good Christian Stephen Crowder's Louder with Crowder, mm-hmm. the popular online show that recently joined Rumble, a YouTube's alternative. Two hours after Mediate published the follow-up report deal, uh, detailing an internal staff meeting with Louder Crowder held in response to the initial story in which CEO Gerald Morgan told staffers they could no longer communicate with former employees, NDAs were sent out. The agreements, which were reviewed by Mediate, were emailed to current Louder with Crowder employees on July 26 and read in part, quote, employees maintain, employee maintains its promises and covenants not to disclose confidential information as defined in the amendment. Company will provide employee with confidential information during the period in which employee is employed by the company, end quote. The agreement added that if a breach of contract should occur, the employee would be liable to the company for liquidated damages in the amount of $100,000. I hereby acknowledge that said damages are reasonable, do not constitute a penalty, and I further agree that I will not contest the reasonableness of said liquidated damages in any such action commenced by either party with respect to this amendment, the agreement stated. The staffers were told they had to sign the NDA by that Friday. On July 27th, Crowder held a meeting which he warned staff against speaking out. Stephen was livid, a source close to the Rumble host told Mediate. He and Gerald Morgan said that they knew someone was talking to you, the author of this said piece, based on the article you wrote. They said whoever text messaged former employees about us not being able to hang out with them will be given amnesty if we confessed by 2 p.m. If no one confessed, then they would see it as malice. 
No one confessed, so they started interrogating a few people during the meeting. Crowder downplayed his sexual misconduct allegations, say another source close to the soon-to-be-divorced father of two. If you're not okay with guys playing sack tap, then this isn't the place for you, said the source about Crowder, referring to the act of tapping another person's genitals. After the, quote, interrogation of current staffers, four employees departed the company. The NDA was insane, said a source close to Crowder. Most employees were scared because of it. Some talked to lawyers about it because they were afraid. They thought if they didn't sign it, they would be incriminating themselves. He was intimidating. Stevens' increasing justification of workplace sexual behavior between men made a lot of male employees uncomfortable. He always says it's joke. He's joking, excuse me, but it doesn't seem like a joke to anyone. Okay. A former ladder with Crowder employees said the NDA and bullying tactics are a clear sign that the toxic workplace culture will not be cleaned up anytime soon. We told you beware of true believers. Okay. The good Christian man uh, with his, uh, his Christian conservative principles, um, not living by any of his convictions whatsoever, especially talking to his pregnant wife, like she's some kind of piece of garbage, which to me is the most egregious thing that you can do. I could tell he was a piece of shit way back when he did, and he was on Joe Rogan's podcast, and he acted like a little fucking pussy pot pie <laughs> because Joe Rogan uh, had Jamie as a part of his show looking stuff up, and he literally whined like a little bitch and was like well you have somebody here looking all this stuff up for you and i don't have anybody and like joe was like going over these fucking talking points and like telling him shut the fuck up basically you don't know what you're talking about it was about about marijuana wasn't it in a professional way yeah yeah um you know he was like there's no evidence to support what you're saying and he's like well there's car crashes and there's this and there's that and because he wanted to have his talking point and jamie kept pulling shit up and Crowder was pissed that like he didn't have like his you know side guy there to pull shit up and he was like he basically like whined like a little bitch and the way that he acted on that show that told me everything I needed to know about that dude and I knew something was fucking wrong with him in that moment and I never watched his show like here and there you would play clips or whatever from time to time or send me clips or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, what, but you can tell by the way that his demeanor is in those little show clips with his staff. And when he talks about other things, Mm -hmm. the facial expressions he makes and how he always has to have the last word. I never cared for him. And then especially after that Joe Rogan episode, I, I really didn't care for him that he, I knew something was wrong with that dude way back when. I never fucking participated or liked him or listened to his shit. Okay. So. Yeah, I um, I, I mean, I, I appreciate that he had Alex Jones on his show several times because if Alex is on anything, I'm going to watch and pay attention. I just, that's, I'm loyal to the InfoWars store because they need our prayers, but also you need colloidal silver. Colloidal silver and super male vitality. That's right. If you want to fight the globalists, this is the only way to do it. So I'm sorry. You know, we got to support the, we got to support Alex. Now, with that being said, I want to move on to something else. Now, I don't know if anybody's heard this yet, but it's actually quite interesting. A little piece of news coming at us here. Okay. It's a historic Supreme Court case that could imperil the entire U.S. tax code. Okay. I'm kind of excited about this. Supreme Court has agreed to hear one of the most important tax cases in history, which could either green light the constitutionality of an economically disastrous wealth tax 
or destroy critical parts of the U.S. tax system. Unless the justices take a middle road and define the 16th Amendment according to the history and traditions of the U.S. tax system, the case will result in bad law and worse outcomes. The case, Moore versus the United States, concerns the constitutionality of the 2017 Tax Cut Jobs Act. The act imposed a mandatory repatriation tax on pre-2018 profits that companies and some U.S. shareholders stored abroad. Previously, foreign business profits were untaxed until they returned to U.S. shareholders. But under mandatory repatriation tax, passed as part of the Republicans' comprehensive international tax reform, profits were taxed even if shareholders never received the income. The revenue from the mandatory tax has helped raise an estimated $339 billion that contributed to offsetting other individual and corporate tax cuts, as well as broader international tax reform in the 2017 tax cuts. The court faces a difficult question. Is this mandatory tax on foreign profits that shareholders never actually received constitutional under the 16th Amendment? Supreme Court has maintained since 1920 that income must be clearly realized for it to be taxable. Yet, the U.S. tax code is riddled with taxes on unrealized income. For example, the main tenant of partnership tax law is that partners are taxed on income allocated to them for tax purposes, whether or not they actually receive the income. <laughs> the Supreme Court upheld this principle in 1938, less than three decades after the 16th Amendment was ratified. Since 1962, the United States has also taxed the passive and highly mobile income of overseas corporations controlled by U.S. shareholders, whether or not the income is distribution to them to prevent the aggressive tax avoidance strategies, the TCJA's mandatory repatriation tax fits within the existing international tax regime. As an attorney will tell you, bad facts and consequences create bad laws. Thank you. Even if you have the law or the Constitution on your side, you will lose if your case leads to unacceptable outcomes. This is how unconstitutional laws are declared constitutional. In more, the government is likely to win due to irrevocable consequences of upending the current tax system. In briefing, the Justice Department focused heavily on the established constitutionality of these existing tax regimes. At oral argument, I expect the Solicitor General to highlight how a ruling that this tax is unconstitutional could destroy the partnership and international tax systems, which routinely taxed unrealized incomes. Justices will no doubt have these consequences in mind when they make their decisions. Justices are going to want to uphold tax law to avoid a disastrous consequence they've already been briefed on, but originalism and wealth tax will bar their way. The original meaning in the Black's Law Dictionary from 1910 claims that income must be received to be defined as such, and that any income that has not been received cannot be taxed. As much as the same justices want to preserve longstanding principles of the U.S. tax system, they cannot do without setting precedent against the original meaning of the income and authorizing a wealth tax. The Supreme Court's best option is to resolve this case fairly with minimal destruction is to avoid in, is to invoke, excuse me, its history and tradition that tests that ha that it is now using in the First and Second Amendment jurisprudence. Under this framework, a tax on unrealized income will be constitutional if it comports with the history and tradition of the income tax code. 
The mandatory repatriation tax should be constitutional under this test because the U.S. has a long history of taxing unrealized gains in its international tax code, having done so since 1962. A history and tradition test would allow the Supreme Court to strike down a future wealth tax that has never been law before and preserve the longstanding constitutional requirement that income be clearly realized for taxes on it to be constitutional. A narrow decision that invokes a history and tradition test be the best method for the Supreme Court to preserve the current U.S. tax system and constrain lawmakers from passing new unconstitutional taxes on wealth. Okay, let me begin with this. The whole thing's unconstitutional. Okay. okay? Uh, well, let, let's start with that. Okay. Kim, can I just say that, like, wealth, okay, taxes on wealth, like, I can't fucking gain any wealth because they take all my goddamn money okay all right so what the fuck like seriously what the fuck like the fucking u.s government takes a shit ton of taxes out of my paycheck do you know how much extra money i would have if the government would not tax my goddamn wealth like can we start with that like i don't understand what these people all of this is bullshit it makes me angry well i'm glad that you're angry but (laughs) let's try to focus that anger a little bit here instead of going all uh it's it's bullshit piggly wiggly i will i'm all about going piggly wiggly higgledy piggledy yeah okay hokey the idea here (laughs) hokey pokey hokey pokey (laughs) um the hippity dippity yes and all of that the idea here that the tax system could be threatened is what tickles my taint okay and when I see people like um, Rand Paul pushing the argument that's saying, yeah, I mean, this is unconstitutional because they're taxing unrealized income. And it's clearly defined that if we're going to have a tax, it has to be realized income. There's a problem here. Now, the individual who wrote this piece, his name is Travis Nix. And he's a graduate of Georgetown's law school. I don't expect a graduate of Georgetown's law school to be on the side of the people at all. Okay. Uh, because people who go to Georgetown will end up working in D.C. for large firms that are not in the interest of the people. So I'm naturally inclined to be on the the people's side in this argument. Um, but I don't now. Do I think the justices are going to say this is unconstitutional? No, because this is revenue they're, they're never like the idea that they're going to rule against collecting revenue is 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 moot that's not going to happen it's absurd (laughs) it is absurd but the idea here that they're going to actually discuss this and maybe there's something that comes out of it because i i still have a problem with taxing unrealized income we're going to take your money anyway even though you didn't get it yet even though you don't have it we're still going to take it in advance i mean it's like the mafia here like i'm paying you protection money for fucking nothing like i don't even have the money yet and you're like hey fork it over fuck face come on stop it already so this i found this very interesting we live in interesting times and of course the uh ripples of uh the large donald trump uh dropping his rock into the swamp those ripples are still going along because this comes from his presidency and now three of his Supreme Court justice nominations are going to be ruling on this. So we're going to see how this works out for everybody. But rest assured, it will not work out for you, the listener. It's not going to work out for you. It's not going to be in your favor. I just think that you should know about it. Now, 
getting something interesting here. Andrew, you ready for this? I'm ready. You're a big Native American history fan, right? Yes. You like to learn about this stuff. Have any of you heard of the Treaty of Greenville? Um, I remember something about that. Um, but I think it was, is it the Wyandotte or why? how do you say that? Wyandotte. Wyandotte. I think it was with the Wyandotte Indians, but I don't remember the details. I remember like briefly skimming across it. Like I kind of like more of like the, their history and less of like what the U.S. government did to them. Like, I don't like to read about that stuff. It, it, it kind of like, it makes me kind of sad. Um, so I don't know all of the details, but yes, I've heard about it. Okay. So Christopher, you heard about this at all? Mm, no, I am familiar with, um, I'm reading ahead here. I am familiar with General Matt Anthony Wayne. Well, I'm gonna, we're going to learn a little bit something today about that. We're gonna, because this happened in Ohio. A lot of people may not know about this, but this was critical for the expansion of the United States westward. And there were battles here that took place in Ohio during the wars against, uh, between the U.S. government and Native Americans. So let's get a little background here. So this is where it starts, okay? American settlers uh, were expanding westward into the Northwest Territory, which was Ohio, parts of Michigan, um, Illinois, Indiana, and um, I think, isn't it Wisconsin? I'm not 100% sure. Uh, tensions arose between Native American tribes in the United States over land ownership and settlement rights. Uh, skirmishes and conflicts emerged as Native American tribes resisted encroachments on their ancestral lands. And attacks on American settlers and military expeditions escalated the situation, as one could expect. Various Native American tribes, including the following, Miami, Shawnee, Wyandotte, Delaware, Ottawa, and others, formed the Western Confederacy to unite against American expansion to protect their territories and way of life. Here are a list of um, a couple of the battles. So the Battle of Harmar's defeat, a campaign led by Josea Harmar, against Native American villages ended significant defeat of American forces, showing the strength and determination of the Western Confederacy. Now, the Battle of Fallen Timbers, where Christopher talks about hearing of Anthony Wayne, under leadership of General Wayne, American forces decisively excuse me, defeated Western Confederacy forces the Battle of Fallen Timbers near present-day Toledo, Stan, Ohio, Victory weakened the Confederacy's military power, okay? Now, here are the details on the Western Confederacy. You haven't heard them. The Miami were a significant force within the Western Confederacy, played a central role in the conflict. Their leader, leader, Little Turtle, was a skilled military strategist and led successful campaigns against American forces. Shawnee were another major participant in the Confederacy. Their leader, Blue Jacket, also played a crucial role in coordinating resistance against American expansion. The Delaware tribe was divided during the conflict with some members supporting the American side and others aligning with the Confederacy. Nonetheless, they were involved in various battles and negotiations. The Wyandotte, also known as the Huron people, were part of the Confederacy and contributed to the conflict. The Ottawa tribe, along with other tribes from the Great Lakes region, joined the Western Confederacy to resist American expansion. And the Potawatomi, no, the, the Potawatomi participated in the Confederacy and fought alongside other tribes, and the Chippewa aligned with the Confederacy 
involved in several battles. And the Kickapoo tribe was among the tribes that joined in opposition. They came together, Western Confederacy, halt the American settlers from uh, coming into their ancestral lands, protecting their way of life, um, which led to the Northwest Indian War, as it's called, Mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, culminated in the Treaty of Greenville in 1795. Okay. Now, if you want some details of the treaty, we have them for you. Okay. Following the Battle of Fallen Timbers, negotiations led by Anthony Wayne resulted in the treaty. Native American representatives from various tribes and the United States government participated in these negotiations. Territorial concessions. This treaty established a boundary known as the Greenville Line that ceded a significant portion of Native American held land to the United States. The ceded territory covered parts of modern day Ohio, Indiana, and Illinois. In exchange for ceded lands, the United, excuse me, the Native American tribes received various goods, payments, and the recognition of their rights to hunt and fish in ceded territories. The treaty aimed to establish lasting peace between the tribes and the United States. Hardy, har, har. The Treaty of Greenville marked a significant loss of land for Native American tribes involved, leading to further displacement and disruptions to their way of life. While the treaty brought an end to the Northwest Indian Wars, tensions between Native American tribes and American settlers uh, carried on in the years that followed, leading to further conflicts and signaling, and, and signaling the addition of treaties that had to be signed. The ceded lands opened up vast areas for American settlements and westward expansion, contributing to the broader pattern of territorial growth in the United States. Overall, the, overall, the Northwest Indian War highlighted the conflicts and complexities arising from American expansion into Native American territories and the efforts of Native American tribes to protect their lands and sovereignty. The war's impact on both Native American communities and the trajectory of American expansion shaped the history of the United States in its early years. That happened here which is wild because we're told all the time that there's nothing going on here and quite a bit has happened here uh, in this part of the country. And I encourage those of you that are from the area or live close to the area, go out there and explore, man. Like I was checking out uh, not too long ago, went up to uh, Lake Erie where the first battle of 1812 took place in Ohio. And of course the famous Commodore Hazard Perry fighting off the Lake Erie British fleet got their ass kicked by commodore hazard perry by putting bay pretty cool there's also a confederate cemetery that's on johnson island um, from confederate prisoners of war during the war between the states here Uh, there's a lot of cool shit going on not to mention all the native american mounds that are all over the state uh forts uh there is a fort uh in 1812 by the maumee river which is outside of toledo there's lots of shit to look at here including a um it's a township of manchester on the Ohio River, which was settled by George, well, he started George Washington. He's the one who signed. I, I would also like to point out a fun little fact toward the town that I grew up in of Waynesburg is actually named for General Anthony Wayne. How about that? How about that? There's history everywhere, man. Always interesting mm-hmm. shit to learn from. I, I, I really enjoy this. Now, Angel, did you know about any of this? Um, I knew that, of course, the government signed treaties with the native americans and a lot of them actually went back on those treaties you know which you know caused issues obviously um you know they (laughs) they uh you know there's the racist term indian give like the the government like indy you know gave it to them and then they took it away i think that's where it comes from i'm not really a hundred percent sure 
Um, don't know. <laughs> but that's what they did in this situation. They um, was like, hey, you can have this. And they're like, yeah, you know what? No. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not, for you. it's not surprising. No. Um, I didn't know all of the details. No, like, you know, like I said, I've, I've, the treaty sounded familiar, but I did not know um, all of that information. No, but I know about the, the various treaties and, you know, they've gone back and forth and, mm -hmm. you know, the, the government chased like the Indians who didn't want to comply, especially in the Western part of the United States. Um, and they used other Indian tribes who did comply with the U.S. government to hunt mm -hmm. out these, you know, groups of Indians. The one in particular, um, I, I want to say it's Arizona, but it could be Nevada because sometimes, like, I confuse those two locations based upon, like, the, you know, uh, like, desert and, you know, hotness and all of that. Like, I can't remember it was if it's in... Arizona or Nevada, but I think it's Arizona in particular, there is this spot to this day um, that, you know, it, it takes a second to walk to where the, the Indians were massacred by the U.S. government back in the day. And they were led to this area by a another um, Indian who was a tracker and who was able to figure out where they went and led the fucking little army to this place and these indians were hiding out in this high up cove you know cave area mm. um and they fucking they got massacred dude like there there's pieces of bone still there there that. you can see where the government shot the musket balls at them you know oh. the little time whatever uh mm. Whatever you call them, bullets back then, whatever they used. Well, musket or mini ball. Yeah, depending. mini balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, ricocheted, which is why it was such a disaster. I mean, women, children, men of this group um, massacred by the the United States government. I can't remember. This is I'm I'm really bad at remembering like the location. I will look it up and provide it to you so you can put it in the show notes if people want to read more about it. Um, but the ricochet from the bullets bounced off you know and fucking <laughs> off of the rock and went into other people like you know it they all died they all died i'm not they, surprised they killed this entire offshoot of you know tribe of indians who did not want to be a part of this incorporation of whatever they were trying to do mm. and they fucking killed them if they didn't if they didn't comply they were straight up murdered yeah of course period don't forget about wounded knee <clears throat> yeah uh, uh famously wounded knee turn in your gu your guns you'll be safe the government will protect you uh and then everybody was massacred so uh yeah so lesson learned psych <laughs> yeah. we, we were it was joking we had a joking we were going to kill everyone sorry <laughs> <laughs> big joke on is on you yeah, yeah. um Last thing I want to talk about real quick. I didn't know this was happening again. The news moves very quickly. <laughs> Anybody aware of what the fuck is going on in Hawaii right now? There is a No, what's going on? A wildfire on the island of Maui. Okay? Check it out. So this is from the Associated Press. It's apparently apocalyptic what's going on on Maui. Okay? Wildfire tore through the heart of Hawaiian island of Maui, 
put in total darkness Wednesday, reducing much of a historic town to ash and forcing people to jump in the ocean to flee flames. At least six people died and dozens were wounded. Acting Governor Sylvia Luke said the flames wiped out communities and urged travelers to stay away. Quote, this is not a safe place to be. The wind-driven conflagration swept through in through coastal Lahaina, Lahaina, I don't know how to pronounce um, Polynesian names, with alarming speed and ferocity, blazing through intersections and leaping across wooden buildings in the town center that dates back to the 1700s and is on the National Register of Historic Places. Aerial video revealed entire blocks of homes and businesses flattened, including on Front Street, a popular shopping and dining area. Other imagery, images excuse me, portray a scene of near-complete devastation. Smoking heaps of rubble lay piled high next to the waterfront and gray smoke hovered over the leafless skeletons of scorched trees. It was apocalyptic from what they explained. Uh, Tierra Lawrence said of 14 cousins and uncles who fled as the inferno descended on the family's hometown. The heat, smoke, and flames everywhere. They had to get my elderly uncle out of the home. The relatives took refuge in Lawrence's house on Pukalani, east of Lahaina. She was also frantically trying to reach her siblings Wednesday morning, but there was no phone service. What causes these fires? I don't know what caused the fires. Now, this is what the National Weather Service is saying. Hurricane Dora, which was passing to the south of the island chain at a safe distance of 500 miles, was partly to blame for gusts above 70 mi- uh, 60 miles per hour that knocked out power, rattled homes, and grounded firefighting helicopters. Hmm. Okay? I can't see where this started. And if anybody has any idea, I would like to know. The Coast Guard had to rescue 14 people, including children, fled to, into the ocean. They had to go into the water to escape the fire and smoky conditions. Fires killed six people in Maui. Search and rescue operations continue, and the numbers could rise. County of Maui Mayor Richard Bison Jr., it doesn't sound like a Hawaiian name, said at a Wednesday morning news conference, he had just learned the news and didn't know the details of how or where the deaths happened. Authorities said earlier Wednesday that a firefighter in Maui was hospitalized, stable condition. Certain parts of Maui, we have shelters that are overrun. We have resources that are being taxed. There's no count available for the number of structures that have been burned or that people have been evacuated, but officials say there were four shelters open and more than a thousand people were at the largest. They don't know what caused it. They were under, they got alerted by the National Weather Service that they were in the red flag zone for wildfires and then things just caught on fire. I guess. I I don't know. I guess it just happens in Hawaii. Uh, (laughs) Things just catch on fire now. I guess so. I the, when and I when I first saw fine. this, I was like the did the, the, the uh, fucking uh, the volcano go off? Because you know that thing gets angry from time to time, and you know spills out into the streets where people have built homes near an active volcano. Which I don't feel bad for you at all. Just like shark attacks. I mean, it's a volcano. It could have been a lightning strike. Could have been, it, you know, like could have been a human. Like it, nobody knows. Nobody knows what starts these fucking wildfires. Like shit happens. Now like it says here, fires are rare in Hawaii and other tropical islands because uh, before humans arrived, native ecosystems evolved. Without them, this means great environmental damage can occur when fires do erupt. For example, fires remove vegetation. When a fire is followed by heavy rainfall, the rain can carry loose soil to the ocean, where it can smother coral reefs. So they've had a fire in 2021 on the Big Island. Um, it's just a big fucking mess. There's a real big problem out in Hawaii. I didn't know it was that bad, but I guess 
the, the whole the, the North America and Hawaii now on fire, fucking with our air quality. Bad shit happening everywhere. Pay more taxes to make the weather better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess. Uh, I guess. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> that's that's what they're going to tell us. They're going to say <laughs> you got to pay more money to make the weather better. I I I don't know what's happening, but I much. just find it very. Um, I'm very suspicious of these wildfires, like especially in Canada, because I, like I said, okay, I'm 38, I'm almost 40. And in my 40 years of being alive, and I asked my boss, who is 75 years old, Mm -hmm. okay, in her 75 years, this has never happened before, okay? In my 40 years, this has never happened before. So she's been alive, you know, let's just, you know, round up, you know, 30 years, whatever, 30, 35 years extra, Mm. right, than I have been. Mm -hmm. So she has not experienced this shit with Canada wildfires. And I read that, like, there are a lot of wildfires up there, but it's like in different it's never been this widespread before meaning um they happen and then they peter out and then it's like it's also seasonal i guess based upon dryness whatever you know lightning strikes because there's a lot of fucking forest in canada so it happens at certain times of year and then it's not like all across the whole country like it'll happen here and then sometimes it'll happen over here right like but it's not like how it is right now like continuous and correct several places, yeah you know? so like that's unprecedented it's never happened before and it happened earlier than what it was supposed to with these wildfires in canada now all of a sudden there's a fucking wildfire in hawaii which i'm shocked by because of how i'm assuming it's fucking humid there i don't know i've never been there it's nice um i don't know what the weather is like if it's like a dry heat if it's a humid heat i'm assuming it's like you're drenched if it's hot out like a a lot of moisture uh, happening i don't know i i haven't been to the big island i've been to oahu Mm -hmm. and it is warm Mm -hmm. but it's not as humid as you think okay Uh, it did get more humid as we went up the mountain i went to this place called the polynesian cultural center okay and it was up in the mountain it did get a little more humid um but no when you're like when i was in honolulu it was it was hot but it wasn't humid. It wasn't like being in Florida. You know what okay. I mean? Where you go outside and your your balls stick to you. Well, not you. So but, like, you know. yeah, but like here in Ohio, like I honestly, like, I just think everybody else has the same weather. I know they don't, but like in my mind, it's like it's humid here. So why wouldn't it be humid in fucking Hawaii? But it's right. probably not, right? So like, that's why I'm like, I don't know like what the moisture is. Like I, I've never been to Hawaii and I've never researched it that in depth. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've never heard of it before. Like usually like there's the volcano because like they live, you know, on the, the Pacific rim, um, of the, of rim of fire, ring ring of of fire, ring of fire. Yes. And it's active and it's creating new land. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So Hawaii is constantly expanding new real estate to sell. Right. So like, it's great because it's brand new land. And I think that's fucking awesome. Like I would love to go to Hawaii and just look at it. Like, that's new land. The earth is just like, hey, created new shit for you. What do you think about that? <laughs> They're like, we're going to sell this shit. Right. And a I'm, lot of it. And I'm like, I want to check out the fucking newly created land because all of this shit's over here is old, right? Yeah. So, like, let's let's 
check it out. You know, I'm interested well, in that. But yeah, gonna, I don't. It's going to burn to the ground, so you're not going to have to worry about seeing it. Congratulations. I mean, what does that even mean? I don't know. Do you think this shit's being done on purpose? Because I think it's being done on purpose. If Brian were here, he would be like the psyop because everything's a psyop, and then I have to question it. Like, Jesus, is this really a psyop? Like, I, what's happening here? I have to say, I have not heard so much about wildfires than i have in the past couple of years well like the air last month and in june that never has happened my entire life no and i'm 40 goddamn three and a half and it did not fucking happen like that like haze it did not happen like air quality that bad breathe or talk no it was bad like even my dog wasn't liking it but Hey, we um we wish you well in Hawaii, and uh, I hope it works out for yeah, you. Yeah, if we have any listeners in Hawaii, you know, like shit, man, I'm sorry. Yeah, we are truly. I mean, so far, like Ohio's fine with wildfires. Yeah, we just have people dumping fucking chemicals <laughs> into the yeah. We yeah. have That's East fine. Palestine. Yeah, That's... but you're not gonna burn up. No, you no, might no, get you cancer. Get can- you'll get cancer. Yeah, yeah. you're just gonna get cancer. That's all. Everybody's yeah. gonna get cancer. Sure, eventually. but just, yeah, you're gonna get cancer or sprout a third <laughs> testicle. Yeah, and not in a fun way either. That's but not you know what? You'll have all your possessions and your house won't. Yeah, maybe. Get burned down by wildfires until Norfolk Southern but... crashes another fucking train in your backyard. All of Ohio was logged of its forestry, Correct. so Ooh. that's why we don't have these problems. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. Um, we've come to the end. I don't have anything else, <laughs> uh, so I bring you more of the same. Um, but I want to turn it over to my friends before we uh, depart for the uh, for the week. Uh, Angel, do you have anything? Um, no, bitch, shoot as usual. But I mean, just stay safe, man. Like things are fucking weird. Yeah, it is weird. Christopher, anything? Mm, no. No. No bit shoot times two? I mean, yeah, bit shoot. You know, go watch some bit shoot. If you don't, go fuck yourself. That's right. <laughs> you know? Like that. That's good. Watch us on bit shoot or go fuck yourself. I don't care. <laughs> T-shirt right there. Um, I have a he- contest. I am giving away a sticker and a hot wheel of my choice to the lucky winner in the book warehouse part of which is over here to the right hand side i have several books if you can name four titles that are on the bookshelf angel and chris are not uh, welcome to participate and this is for the listeners because yeah there's no fucking hot wheel (laughs) i'll just give you one (laughs) I'm giving one away anyway. Um, oh you don't have to buy more than one. Um, guess four titles on the bookshelf in the studio. You'll get this sticker and a Hot Wheel of my choice. I will choose the Hot Wheel and send it to the lucky winner. So we'll see who sticks through the whole uh, the whole broadcast, the whole podcast, all the way to the end. Because I know you guys stick around for the gay soap bad because this one mm-hmm. doesn't work. Uh, but yeah, guess four titles on the bookshelf, and you'll get this sticker. And you'll get a Hot Wheel of my choice. So there you go. We'll contest here. You don't get the book, but you get a sticker and a Hot Wheel, which is double the pleasure, double the fun. That's it for this week, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to thank AgorasNexus.com, premier sponsor of the Use Guys in That podcast. I'd also like to reach out and say thank you to Bobby and Fairly Decent Golf on TikTok and Instagram. Ray Fob of Fine Art and Design from the Great Lakes. Team Mandalore keeps cycling very weird. And, of course, I Paint Akron, where all accidents are 
happy accidents. But ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, the time has come to discuss something very important, which is how bad you stink, okay? Dog days of summer are here. We are not out of the woods and will not be out of the woods. If it's a Native American summer, we could be looking into October with you sweating and stinking all over the fruited plain or parts of Europe where you come from. Bad stinks. We don't like that. If you want to get laid, if you want somebody to touch you in a sexual manner that's fully consensual, please wash yourself, <laughs> okay? Wash yourself with Todd's Gay Soap, Akron Apothecary, Todd's homemade cold-pressed soap from gay hands to your supple ass, your, your undercarriage, the taint, balls, shaft, under underfolds, fat folds, under boob, all the places that stink, hide your belly button, your underarms. Be kind to your skin. Be kind to the largest organ you have, but also be kind to other people around you. You don't want to be riding the bus in Pittsburgh and smelling like a piece of shit. Mm -mm. There's already enough of that going around on the Port Authority buses. Don't contribute to the problem. Be a part of the solution with Todd's Gay Soap from Akron Apothecary. Please support the gay business and the gay soap. Support <laughs> yourself because Todd's Gay Soap is so fabulous. And if you want to beat that meat in the scorching heat and not have it smell like stanky feet, you better wash that shit with some gay soap. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. See ya.